So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. Happy end of July, first day of August. This is one of those special episodes where we go back and we play a few minutes of all of the podcasts we did during July. And we take those best few minutes of each of them so that way you can not only learn something, but you can see if there's any podcast you want to go back to and listen to again. This next 30 minutes is like the cliff notes of July. You're going to hear a lot of things from a lot of different agents. I love it when you have this opportunity to come through and just hear really, really quickly a lot of actionable tips. So here goes the, and here's a section of our first one. It's state of the market 79. I talked about the updates on the Miami area condo collapse, moratorium evictions, and more. Here's a few minutes of that one. First, I'm going to start with, you know, it's it's news that's out there that's on everybody's page. And the that's that condo, condo in Miami that in the middle of the night crashed. It's horrific. You know, people are missing everywhere. And, you know, it's, it's making the top of the news everywhere. So there's an Inman article out that just said the Miami condo collapse updates, second lawsuit warnings in April. And I don't know if there's much we can get out of the article. I think lawsuits are bound to happen. They should happen. And, and now as more and more news is coming out, it's talking about, you know, that there was standing water, there was standing water in different areas, you know, being close to the coast, the salt was damaging things. So there's warning signs with these properties. And I guess the best thing that the saddest part about that is people saw stuff and said, hey, this doesn't seem normal. Seems like something's wrong, but nobody would have really thought that a giant building like that could collapse. So it's just a, an extra reminder that when, when we're out there in real estate, doing due diligence is such an important thing. And my heart goes out to the families that are missing. My prayers go out to the families that are missing and the people that have lost loved ones in that a horrific, horrific experience that nobody should have to go through. And um, not surprising that it's in the top of the real estate headlines, but there was, there was no way I was going to be able to do the news this week without acknowledging what a, a tragic loss that was and how many people are suffering as a result and how sad it is. How do I shift from that to other news that's out there? One of the, the last article I was going to talk about, just, just, and again, wage growth, which I think is going to affect houses and what people are doing out there. says, one chart shows the 10 industries poised to pay you a higher salary soon and 10 that, pro- that probably won't. This is a Business Insider article, you know, and, and they're talking about, um, you know, in there that they are, people are going to have to start paying a lot more for hotel, restaurants, and leisure. They're going to, you know, supply chain stuff they're going to be paying a lot more for. Retail, people working in retail, people working in energy, and people working in, you know, food and, and retails. All that's going way, way up where they're going to have to continue uh, wage growth. Stuff where their their wage growth is going down is like utility companies, city services, you know, infrastructure. It's, so it's really interesting. They're saying anything that's like infrastructure that's absolutely needed, like for a city, we're going to see wage decreases over the next year, not wage growth. Uh, the stuff that should be nice and stable, Hosp- yeah, like hospitals, oil and gas, utility companies, all that. They're saying you know w- wages are going to go down. 
but the but when it comes to restaurant leisure, um, the stuff that people want to go spend their money on, but some of the first things that were shut down during COVID, those wages are going way, way up. And I think it goes back to that idea that it's hard to get people to go back to work when they've gotten used to this new idea. So the all over the US, we're still at super, super low months of inventory counts. You know, the, the real estate market seems to be really, really tight. As we head into the summer, it'll be really interesting to see if any extra properties come on the market. You know, the foreclosure moratoriums were extended. Again, I'm guessing they're going to get extended through September. And in September, we might start to see more product come online. What the, st- what the stats are telling us right now is it does not look like we're going to get a flood of foreclosures, but we'll probably get some extra inventory that comes on the market for a month or two. But really, the best case we're going to see is uh, one month of inventory convert to two months of inventory. So agents out there, you have to continue to work hard to find listings. So much stuff is happening off market. People are going and convincing people to sell to their client uh, on the end user. And so many people, because of the market, have become accidental investors. You know, So houses that they were planning to sell, they're just keeping because it's still prices are going up so much. All right. If you liked that one, that was at State of the Market 79. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 978, niching down in Chicago's competitive real estate market. This was awesome. I got to interview Oleg Mankomernitsky, I think his name is. The It's been a while since I got to talk to him. That was such a fun interview. He had listened to the podcast for a long time, and he just wanted to come back and provide a bunch of value. Here's a few minutes of that one. If you have a second language, that's a cool advantage. I, uh, I kind of I own Ukrainian community here in Chicago. You know, it's only like four years. I'm already kind of... I'm the number guy, a number one guy, just because I started doing these videos. Nobody does it, and still nobody does it. Uh, maybe once in a while somebody pops up and show gets the camera and then talk, tell, say, say something. But I just, I just keep doing them almost like every other day or something. Um, and um, you know, if you speak two languages, own the community, Facebook groups. You gotta add every single Facebook group you can find that has people that speak your language and they're local you gotta you, gotta, you know you gotta focus on local people because uh you know you, we were in real estate it's, it's gonna stay local that's what i've done i've done i've added two a lot of facebook groups i've been a member of almost all of them that speak ukrainian russian i do video and then i push it to these groups and then i collect probably thousand two three thousand video uh, views then i uh i promote it through the facebook you know i create an audience you know facebook made it a little difficult now with zip code uh, radius and stuff so now you just have to kind of just push it out there and now i create audience who saw that video and then i everything i put i promote it too through facebook and then to the same audience because frequency is key uh you know that i want the same person to see me as many times as possible not just spread around because i've tried even spotify ads those those didn't work for me uh you know i spent a lot of money but they only allow you to to play your ad in front of the person only one time that's no good you know so you always they always strangers hear you they never hear you again so i killed it frequency is key um that's what i learned you have to it's it's better to to be in front of 100 people every single day than to be you know in front of 10,000 just just once that's a great thing to say right there because a lot of people, especially new agents, say they don't have a huge sphere yet. They don't have a whole lot of people to be in front of. And you're saying like, and some people are like, no, I need an audience of a thousand. I need an audience of 10,000. You're saying, no, even if you have an audience of a hundred, you need to make sure they see you all the time. You need to make sure that you go after your audience of a hundred a bunch of times. And that is so true. Definitely sounds like it was key for you. And we talk about that with like sending out mailers and letters, whatever the way is you want people to hear you hear from you see you 
like seven different times. And it, and if it's a little bit of everything, if it's a voicemail, if it's a phone call, plus a letter, plus anything, right? And different channels too, different channels. Uh, e email, I learned that when Ricky Caruth came here on uh, Real Estate Rockstars two or three years ago, he said about doing a weekly email. I picked that up. That's a good strategy. That that works perfect. You can put a bunch of links in there. You can put your website, everything. You can put your listings, videos, collect everything. So you hit from the email, you hit from the Facebook, you know, they see you, so, oh, they go to the housewarming party and then the person who bought says that I bought it with him. So they, it's, it's kind of like there's no other realtor, you know, it's just you, but you got to hit it from different angles, but okay. you can't hit, you know, just, just if you're uh, advertising, like, uh, like Gary V says, uh, vanilla, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta focus. You gotta, that's what I've done. I focused on Ukrainian and Russian community, mostly Ukrainians, but I haven't gone, I never went to school here. So maybe, uh, if somebody has, a you know, a big network from people that go to the same school figure something out how to work that out you know how to maybe do video about that school maybe uh, do a bunch of videos about that school and that that will uh, and then, or uh, add a bunch of friends who went to that school just just fill it and add all of them on facebook and and then target against them everything you do put it on the facebook and target against them so they see it every single time it works tremendously i know i don't do outbound calls anymore everything i get is inbound they call me all right, and as a reminder, that was episode 978 with Oleg, if you want to go listen to the rest of it. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their, pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I wanna sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for 220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 979, my interview with Krista Moshore, how to convert prospects before the first conversion. This is a super fun conversation. Here's a few minutes of that one. So here's what's so cool about video content. And I mean, this is, this is so true, Aaron. When you produce a video content, you're winning before you arrive, right? So when somebody calls me, they've already developed a relationship with me. They're seeing me as the authority. I'm breaking down their barriers. They're kind of getting to know me. It's called a one-sided parasocial relationship. They they are calling me already because they think that they, they already like me, right? So I already kind of have it halfway in the bag. And so then each, each time I do this and I do this and I do this, each time it's like I'm increasing my odds of converting. So now when I show up, like people are will have a bag of, you know, Skittles on the counter for me. Oh, I love you like Skittles. Here's, you know, from your videos. 
And they, they've already, they're calling me because they already know that they like me. So now it's to the point where we just create the, I'm the face of the, of the company. My brother now is also in my video content with me. So now he shows up to the listing. I don't even have to show up or ever talk to a buyer or a seller. We only do mostly to sellers. And so the reason our conversions went down last year is because I'm a kind of a little bit, I love to work, like working is fun for me. And so, you know, when I'm selling, we do, the year I left, I left full-time real estate to, you know, change what I was doing. I sold 154 homes. So Josh is not quite as, he's, he's comfortable doing 90, right? Where I'm like, we could be doing 300. What are you doing? <laughs> so, um, but yes, and that's how, I mean, and so when people call us, they are already sold on us. And then when we do these other things, it just completely seals the deal. And I cannot tell you how many times over the past, you know, years I've heard, well, you're the only person that did that, Krista. Like you're the only person that dropped that thing off or nobody else did that. And, and I'm like, yeah, you can expect that kind of service all the way to the end of the transaction. And I'm going to be getting a five-star review from you. So just remember that. And, you know, so oh, that's, that's exactly what you want anyone to say is you're the first person that's ever done that. You're the only person that's ever done that. Do you do YouTube? What's your favorite social media that you use to try to do this? So Facebook, but YouTube, we put everything else. We put everything on Facebook and also on our website because of the fact that we want SEO. So since Google owns YouTube, Google loves video content. So when you put your videos on uh, YouTube, you're going to start ranking more on like, so if you put like Krista Mayshore on Google, especially if you do, like you'll just see hundreds of pages of that come up of us, especially if you do the video thing, you'll just see video after video after video. Um, Google loves that, right? And so you want to make sure you're, you're putting your videos the other places, but or get, getting a video to rank organically is almost impossible because there's, it's like billions of hours of video content are uploaded every, every billions. month, like billions. Yeah. <laughs> so in order for you to get, to get your videos to be seen, so like we'll put a $200 ad spend and we'll get anywhere between 400, 500, 600 hours of people watching our videos, one video, right? So imagine we do two videos, three videos a week, then we're getting like, I'm just, we're just being seen constantly, you know? Do you do Instagram? Yes, yeah, so we still do some ads on Instagram, but our, our number one best source has been Facebook. So, um, you know, we're, we're just now starting to, to, we just, I'm taking some courses right now on YouTube ads, like on how to do YouTube ads locally. Cause I think that there's a great opportunity there, but by far, if you talk to 15 digital marketers, you know, they will all tell you Facebook is your best source. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. I mean, I mean there's a reason why, Every company in the, like you continue to see by billions, how much more money people are putting into Facebook because it works. It's like, you know, the average person goes to Facebook 17 times a day. They spend, you know, uh, you know, two and a half hours on social media, you know, a day. The majority of that is, is Facebook, right? So you want to be kind of, but if you're looking for a younger generation, Instagram is a great place to do it. But no matter what, you should always, if you run ads on a platform, pick your platform, master that platform before trying to do 18 of them. Pick the platform where your audience is mostly, but make sure you're putting a budget behind it because it's funny for me how realtors are the only people that feel like, like I mean, we, we make more money than, you know, than any doctor or attorney that I know. Like I've been able to make more money as a real estate agent, right? But to, to enter the profession, it's such a low barrier to entry that agents don't think that they need to put money into their marketing. But, you know, if you want to be a top producer, you become a marketer first. Marketer first will get you to be a top producer. All right. And if you didn't listen to that one already and you want to go back and listen to it again, the reminder, that was episode 979 with Krista Mashor. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 980. This is with realtor Stephanie Heiser, the how to find fast success in real estate. So much of marketing and advertising is that name recognition. 
sometimes we say you have to see people several times. So it's like the people that are there, they're going to see your name, hear it several times. And then now when they see you later with anything else that you're doing, like it has to, it has to help. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that just makes me think of the importance of branding. Like my video on the screen is not just something I shot on my iPhone. I actually found this phenomenal marketing company and they've been doing my photos, my website, the copy on my website and the video. And it's just unique. It's different than every other real estate video and website I've seen. And like, I'm not just any other agent and my clients aren't just another client. So I want all of my branding to convey that I absolutely love Visalia. I love real estate. I'm going to take you from like finding a lender till way after you've gotten your keys and that, you know, we just are very thorough and everything is different. I don't want just the IDX feed right when you log into my site. I want you to see the link to Visalia Love. And I want you to see like tips about the neighborhoods in the town. I want you to see the pictures of my team and how much fun we have together. So I think all of it just wraps into one package that just says who you are. Like your Instagram page is supposed to build your personality and provide content as well. I think I have like 28 followers on the Heiser home team page and social media is just not my thing. I'm working towards it for sure. But I just think like branding and being intentional, but also like being open to not being perfect is just a great mix. Being yourself and being authentic is just the only way to do it. What would you say to those people that are driving in their car right now that have been thinking for the last six months, should I become licensed or not? What, what would you tell? I'd tell them try, but you have to be willing to work your ass off. You have to be willing to spend the money. You know, it takes money to make money. That saying is absolutely true. And, you know, what really resonated with me, the podcast where like John Clyde, Peter Lorimer, Lorimer, sorry, Pete, and Sam, like anyone talking about being authentic and being yourself and like enough with the homogenized bullshit, as Pete said, like you just have to be yourself. Like there's a niche somewhere for you. If you love sports and baseball, go advertise at every sport event or anything in your community pertaining to sports. If you have a great church community, go run with that. Just find your niche or just try a whole bunch of different things and see what works. Like part of this process has also been like discovering myself and finding out what resonates with me. And like the podcast episodes and then just little pieces that have been happening in my life lately. I'm just like, either you're like on my team or you're not like, it's totally cool if I'm not your vibe, but I'm not going to try to appeal to every single person. Like I'm just going to be me, do my very, very best work my butt off. And I feel like just the universe provides like doors open up and you end up 
having what you're meant to have if you let that happen. And I definitely will not tolerate like really rude or mean clients. I don't have to work with anyone I don't want to. And I can work when I want, work in my pajamas, work 24-7 if I want to. And just, you know, being authentic is the best thing you could do. Man, and that was such a fun interview. I hope you liked those few minutes with Stephanie. And we had so much fun talking. It was just such a special experience for her and I. She had been listening to the podcast for months before she even became an agent. As soon as she became an agent, it was like she had been training for years and she was off to the races. And it was so cool for her to get to come back on and share some of those experiences. If you haven't heard it, remember that was a few minutes of episode 980. Go back and listen to it. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our podcast sponsor, House Folios. We're in real estate to find the next big deal, right? We want to find the deal, make money, and then turn around and do it all over again. It can be frustrating having to search through thousands of properties trying to find that Goldilocks property that is just right for your investment goals. That's why we're here to tell you about House Folios. House Folios is a management software for single family home investors that makes it simple to find good deals, get financing, and manage your property portfolios all from one platform. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily search for properties, both listed and unlisted, analyze numbers based on your specific assumptions, and provide resources to get you through underwriting and closing. And this is a feature we like most. You can track your numbers at multiple levels. Want to see the returns on the specific property in seconds? Check. How about an entire portfolio of properties you're looking to buy? Check. And then being able to present these properties to investors to become the go-to real estate agent for their investment needs? How awesome is that? Managing your investment properties has never been easier. The best part, it's affordable. Plans start at just $29 a month, 29 bucks to unlock the tools to manage your entire investing cycle, all in one place. Check it out at housefolios.com. And if that's not enough, Housefolios is giving our listeners a special rate on an entire year of Housefolios, just 99 bucks. So instead of 29 bucks a month, 99 bucks for the year, head on over to housefolios.com forward slash RE Rockstars to sign up. Again, head over to housefolios.com forward slash RE Rockstars to get an entire year of housefolios for only 99 bucks. Next up, here's episode State of the Market 80, where me and Andrew Cushman, we really drilled down into a bunch of articles about the housing market. Our house, our housing price is going to go up, our housing price is going to go down, our interest rate's going to go up, our interest rate's going down. Andrew is a brilliant mind. Him and I had so much fun talking about lumber prices and everything else. Here's a few minutes of that one. That article pretty much said, hey, we see um, average listings going up, months of inventory going up a little bit. So they think the fall is going to be an easier time to buy houses. Do you agree with that? And then also, do you think that that tells us the housing market is going to continue to go up? Do you think it's going to go down? Or do you think it's a neutral sort of comment? Um, I do agree with it. I think it's going to get a little bit easier for buyers come fall, especially in the single family world. And, you know, I, this is going to, this may sound weird to some folks, but I see that as a, as a vote for the, in, the market continuing because that's what's needed for it to be healthy. If we continue at 13% growth year for a long period of time, that's going to lead to something completely unsustainable. That is such an interesting point there. Andrew's point of if the market you know, continues to go crazy for another six months to a year, we're more likely to see a crash or a correction that's big. Uh, if, we, if we kind of slowly get into a healthy market of three months, on, um, uh, three months of inventory, six months of inventory, we don't see that price correction and that price correction. I'm a little surprised by your vote on that one, but I think I actually, as you talk through that, I, I agree with it. I agree with the concept 
that it would be better if we get to healthy uh, instead of seeing crazy 20% year over year, 20% year over year, because that is the correction. Yeah. So, so I think my official vote would be, would be neutral because as long as it, because if it goes too far, then yes, we could, we could have a bit of a decline. But when I look at it, I'm going to say it would, it would have to go a long ways to get into the too far category. So I think is it, you know, the, in the, in the immediate term, I think it's a healthy thing. So I would vote positive, but the, the reason I say neutral is because, well, if it were to continue and get to nine months of inventory, then that changes things. But I, I have a tough time seeing that happen in the near future anyways. Most people are saying, should I buy a house now or should I wait? Should I sell my house for top dollar and buy again uh, in a year? And what's going to happen as they're trying to forecast? So this economist is saying, wait until 2022. The, what do you think about the things that they're saying in there? The, I think the clear, the thing to get out of that article is they did not say they're expecting price declines. They expect they said they're expecting growth to slow down, right? So that says that doesn't say prices come down. That says the rate of increase slows down. So if you're looking at a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house that's appreciating at ten percent this year, maybe next year it only appreciates at three percent, but it's still appreciating. So if you're waiting to get in, just hoping to get a lower price. That's not what the article is saying, and candidly, I don't, I don't, and I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. It's not in most markets. Also, the other thing to keep in mind is most home buyers aren't truly shopping on price; they're shopping on payment, right? So, what they're, what you get, what, what the, the true thing to look at is not just the payment of the house, or sorry, not just the price of the house. But it's what does that mortgage payment look like? So when you take the price of the house combined with where interest rates are, that's that's the really determining factor of 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 you know how much you know cooling and growth that we might see. You know, for example, if you look at the last couple of years, prices have shot through the roof, but rates have come down. So therefore, that payment is still affordable. In, in, in most cases, I mean, clearly there's market, ex, you know, extremes and examples of where it's not affordable, but just generally speaking, even though prices have gone up as rates have come down, those, those dropping rates have made that payment affordable and the vast majority of Americans are shopping based on payment. And so I don't think that article is saying that a crash is coming. I think they're saying a cooling of the rate of growth, which again, I, I hope that happens. I think that leads to longer term market health and sustainability. All right. And if you liked that one and you want to go hear the rest of our predictions, go back and listen to State of the Market 80, the hot U.S. housing market starting to cool down with me and Andrew Cushman. I'll give you a hint. We don't really think it's cooling down. You know, the even though all, a lot of the headlines were saying it as we dissected them, we came up with a little bit of a different vote. Go back and listen to the rest of that one. Next up, episode 981, become a billion dollar agent before age 30. Man, here's a few minutes of my interview with Jonathan Spears. I had him on the podcast a year ago, and when I heard that he hit a billion dollars in sales, I couldn't wait to get him back on. Here's a few minutes of that one. So, uh, lots of things on the horizon. It's funny though, like, you know, you reach a billion dollars in sales, and I've heard agents go, once I sell 100 million, I'm dropping the mic and I'm out. Jeff Bezos always talks about his day one mentality, and um, I think people will will say to me, oh, you seem so humble. It's because on day one, you go into the job 
let's just say you go into to Whole Foods, you're working for Jeff Bezos at, at Amazon and, and day one, you're humble, you're, you're hungry, you want to learn. And by day two, that slowly starts to fade, right? Most people, they feel a little more comfortable and they get a little more comfortable. I don't wake up every day and go, Jonathan, you're a billion dollar agent. You just, you know, you, you go on with your bad self. Like I wake up and I'm that guy who was just now doing his first foreclosure sale. And I'm thinking, how can I still serve at the absolute highest level? How can I not let my ego get in the way of what I'm doing and I continue to focus on serving as many families as I possibly can at the highest possible level? And trying to stay in that mentality and teach my team to stay in that mentality is our continued goal. Day one mentality. I love it. I have not heard that quote. I, you know, I, and I like to study and read a lot Ooh, of what other people do. Day one mentality. It's so good. Dropping the mic at day one mentality is definitely a great place to, to, to punctuate this sentence. But the other thing I'd encourage you in this rapidly ascending market, you know, the best thing to do with the day one mentality is not get enthralled and get lazy. You know, one thing that I've seen very often in my market is that agents are making mistakes because they're too busy. They're too busy. They've got too much going on. That's not an excuse. Focus on excellence, focus on remaining excellent in your business. And when you've got a rapidly ascending market with markets are elastic, what goes up always comes down. You're going to be in a great position to take advantage of the market. If things change, if they're not just rapidly ascending, when you focus on what's best for your customer, focus on the value you provide. Don't be focused on yourself. Don't breathe commission breath all over people. Focus on excellence in your business. Be an advisor, not a salesperson. Gosh, and if you guys haven't heard the rest of that episode, I recommend going back and listening to episode 981 with Jonathan Spears. Such a humble guy, such a hard worker. Him and I got to share so many stories of, get, we got into real estate pretty much around the same time, but on opposite ends of the country. I was out on the West Coast, he was on the East Coast, and it was so much fun to hear how well he's done. And again, just most natural conversation ever. I hope you guys go back and listen to the rest of that one. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal, but it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything, unlimited properties, tenants and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many companies. They aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals. They're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, RentReady, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, RentReady is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of RentReady for just $54. Use code 
R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50. That's Rockstar 50. And sign up for Rent Ready's annual plan at RentReady.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code Rockstar50 to get Rent Ready for only $54. Next up, episode 982, What Do You Hate About Real Estate? Stop Doing It. That was with Irving Gomez. So I first started the first four months, actually, I did a lot of open houses. And um, I didn't like open houses. And I remember sitting down with one of the higher producers there at our brokerage. Um, He kind of became a mentor, and he's helped me a lot, actually, being where I'm at today. I sat down with him, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Like, I think I'm doing it wrong. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing open houses on Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And he's like, and do you like that? I was like, no. He's like, then don't do it. He's like, stop wasting your time doing things you don't like. He's like, what do you like? I was like, I really do like approaching people and being in front of people. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, what about door knocking? Have you ever considered door knocking? And I said, I mean, I've considered it, but I didn't know if, you know, it was, it'd be a good thing to do or not. So him and I sat down and came up with a plan and he's like, let's find a neighborhood that you think is going to fit, you know, where you want to be, where you're going to walk and you're okay with walking and being around. And that neighborhood is actually where my parents live. And so he said, okay, let's take the average price point. What's an average price point. And I was like about 500,000 where they're at. And he's like, okay. He's like, so the statistics is if you go and knock a hundred houses, you'll talk to 10 people. And out of those 10, you'll get the one. He's like, so, you know, let's break it. And then for this, let's just break it in terms of, let's say a commission at 500,000 is 16,000. He said, for every hundred house, let's break it down. And that's $160. He's like, so look at it as you're getting $160 closer and closer and closer to where you need to be. And so now, you know, that's kind of the approach I take on mostly everything. If, if an agent right now is struggling to get their offer accepted, what advice would you, because you said communication is key, yeah, what yeah. would you tell them that they need to be doing every offer, every time they write an offer? Um, definitely call the listing agent after your clients have told you that they uh, show interest in the property, that they want the house. Call the listing agent, ask all the questions, like as far as, you know, do they need a rent back? Um, what is their most important thing? How quick are they looking to close? Because sometimes, you know, people think that these people are wanting to close as quick as possible, but some people want 45 days to close. So if you're putting in an offer where you're closing in two weeks, but they really want the 45 days, then that automatically already kind of throws you out of the running. So asking all those questions up front. Um, and then also the, the thing that I do a lot is I go back to my lender and I say, hey, we're putting an offer on so-and-so property. Here's the agent's information. Go ahead and give him a call. But I'm also going to CC you in the email when I send over the offer so that you know when it goes over and then that they know that you're there as well. Irving was one of this year's 30 under 30 selections for realtor.com. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 983, the do's and don'ts of social media marketing with agent Julie Patterson. The majority of our business does come from social media. So we are heavily focused on social media. A lot of inbound leads are coming from that. Um, We, a lot of leads, you know, when people, there's a lot of folks that people think, oh, they're going to get a call today and they, those people want to buy a house tomorrow. And that's not really the case. I mean, even with social media or anything, real estate kind of is a long game. And so you've got to have stuff set up and prepared. So when you get those leads coming in from social media, you have a follow-up plan in place to stay and communicate with them throughout. You know, it could be, we have some people in our pipeline that came in two years ago that are just getting ready to buy a house. So 
they come in, we make sure that we have them set up on an, on an email sequence. That's not, I, I kind of am a, I'm a cheesy kind of a dorky type. Like I like goofy, silly things. We're pretty silly. We do pretty dorky videos and, and cheesy videos that we do. And so the emails and the nurture sequence that goes out is like that. You want people with social media. The nice thing is people get to know and see you. So if they like you, if you're your authentic self, when you put yourself out there on social media, they're probably going to like you when they contact you, as long as you're being your, your true self. If you're, if you're trying to pretend like you're funny and you're not funny, well, I mean, don't, don't do that. So my email sequence is similar to, to how I present myself in real life and on social media. So we connect with people over a long-term time frame and then when they're ready we we are hoping to be the be the person that they reach out to at that time and we stay in communication with them so social media has been a game changer for us so the so if somebody came to you for advice and said julie i i've been an agent for a while but we have not crushed social media what are the first two or three things you would tell them to go do in your in your social media make sure that when people look at your page first of all make it public uh, social media is social. So stop trying to be private on your, I mean, you can still be private and be careful with what you're putting out there, but have your page be accessible to the public so that they can see. Um, secondly, when I go to your page, it needs to say who you serve, what you do and where you do it from, because I'm shocked at how many agents I go to their page and you can't even really tell they do real estate. And you certainly don't know where they do real estate from. So it'll say, realtor, you know, I, I'm Julie, I'm a realtor. And you're like, well, where are you a realtor? Where are you? Where do you sell homes? I mean, I, I can't tell. So those things, I think right there, that is an important factor and will probably be pretty chain, you know, pretty game changing for a lot of people if they just made their stuff public and be, be, be aware of what you're putting out there. So if you don't want to be perceived as like a, a drunk or something, don't be putting a bunch of party pictures, making a fool of yourself. Like, I mean, people understand you're going to have a good time, but be cautious of what you put. All right. And if, just as a reminder, if you guys like that one, go back and listen to the rest of episode 983 with Julie. It was, that was kind of a funny one. The, we used to, I used to live really close to where her office is, did real estate in the same area. Talked a lot about the differences of Northern California real estate compared to some other areas, how a lot of agents cover two or 300 miles, you know, for their market instead of just down to certain zip codes and certain neighborhoods like you see in other areas and what she's been doing to succeed out there. So that was episode 983. Next up, here's a couple minutes with episode 984 with Luke Newcomer. This is the last episode of July. So it was the most recently one published. And it was so much fun talking to Luke. Luke reached out to me on Instagram just to tell me how much he loved the podcast, how excited he was, and he would really like to just you know talk shop and get to know me. And I thought, what a better way to get to know him than to get him on the podcast. I told him, yep, let's go ahead. Let's talk shop. Let's have that conversation. Well, let's record it on Zoom and publish it. Here's a few minutes of that one. Zillow Leads built my business, which is probably not a safe thing to say now, but five, four years ago, it built my business and it streamlined me to scale and grow very fast. And because of those online leads that I converted and sold two, three years ago, the amount of referrals and business and second, third home purchases that I get from them, it's amazing. And that's a big reason that I train my team. It's like, hey, these online leads, whether it's Zillow or from somewhere else, it's like, if you grow your business, like that is the highway to doing more and more business in the future. And it gets easier because if you treat those people right, 
after you sell them a home and you don't just go to the next one, you're going to get endless referrals and business from those people. I mean, it's, it just is a snowball effect that you can't stop once it starts. So I think it's an amazing trajectory, but it's very hard to convert those leads. One of the things that you said was, I said, if you were on stage, you know, what would your panel be? And it was a two-part answer that you gave. You said how to convert leads at a high level. But the second part that I'm more interested in, it says, and how to invest your commission checks wisely. What do you mean by invest your commission checks wisely? You know, it's funny. I don't even remember answering those questions until you said them out loud. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so what I mean by that is, and look, I'm, I'm not, I've done a lot of deals and, I, and I've, I've, I've seen everything that you can see in the last five years, but I haven't seen everything in the industry. So I would say I'm relatively newer. And you hear a lot of stories. I think it's what you probably know the stat better, but 87% of agents fail within their first three years. So there's this revolving door of real estate agents. And I think a lot of people never got the, what's the word? Uh, they never learned how to manage money. So if you get a $10,000 commission, $10, commission check, it's like, well, you know, 3000 is going to go to Uncle Sam. Another fifteen two thousand dollars is going to go to your broker. And then how much are you spending on marketing? You're, you're really not making ten grand. And I personally feel it's like, okay, we're making great money right now. But I also realize that it might not always be like this. And I want to put my cash into things that I understand, such as real estate investing and other tools. So I hope, you know, the one thing I could tell agents that are making good money or on the pace to make good money is just like, don't buy stupid stuff. Um, invest that into assets, into business. I mean, we put so much, our first two years, we put everything back into our business and it's paid off great. But now, you know, the last in the last 12 months, we purchased a commercial building. Uh, we did a cash out refi on our duplex, got a better rate, lower payment and pulled about 80 grand out. We bought a lot that we're going to build on. The house that I live in is going to get converted into a vacation rental. Uh, we flipped a property and we are closing on a quadplex at the end of this week. And I'm putting a lot of my commission checks back into real estate because I don't think that I want to sell real estate as heavy as I do maybe 10 to 15 years from now, even though I enjoy it right now. Yeah. And I think it's foolish to think that if you're making good money, that it's always going to be like this. And I haven't experienced a challenging market yet. I've been in a good real estate market since day one, minus COVID for a couple months. Yeah, I mean, a lot of listeners have heard me say that, that COVID was such a big lesson to tell people to diversify. All right, and as a reminder, if you liked that one, that was episode 984 with Luke Newcomer. Man, that was such a fun episode. Again, you know, you guys know my favorite thing to do is interview people that have listened to our podcast. And in July, I got to interview a bunch of people that were podcast listeners. A bunch of people started listening to the podcast when they first got their license. I mean, but then there's also the example of Luke. Luke's been licensed for 10 years and he just started listening to the podcast a year ago and it helped him really 10x his business. I've been so proud of what we do with the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. I get so excited when we get to share what we're doing and nothing makes me more excited than people saying, hey, I've been listening for a long time. I'm so excited to be on here to share a little bit of what I've learned and give back. So if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people that have been listening to the podcast for six months or for a year or two years and you're crushing it in real estate, please go to hybendigital.com, click that button, say apply, come find me on Instagram. Let's have a conversation. Let's chat about all sorts of things like that. I'm also putting some new things on my Instagram right now where I'm asking questions. I'm asking people like you, you listeners, to send me back the answer and record a voice memo. 
And my hope is that I'm going to be able to combine a bunch of these and push them out to podcast to you guys. We have a bunch of podcasts or a bunch of voice memos from our listeners, from people answering some of those questions that you hear me ask everybody when they come on. So again, Real Estate Rockstars, thank you for listening. Happy end of July. Four months left in the year. Let's rock it. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. And if you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.